Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Baba, You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, this is Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, a podcast where we get together and we chat about evangelical culture, the Bible, and all the, the, the wild things that we were taught when we were kiddos. My name is Justin. I was not just taught wild things as a kiddo. I taught wild things to kiddos as a pastor for many, many years and grew out of that and eventually uh, decided to leave ministry altogether. Uh, I am here with my co-host across the coast. Yes. Hi, I'm Tori. I I was also raised fundamentalist and homeschooled, and now I read the Bible and drink about it. So it's it's going great. I also go to therapy about it. So <laughs> it's not just drinking, I promise. However, it is. It's fun. It's cathartic to go back and like look at all the wild ass shit that's in that book. You know, why why were they teaching this to children? <laughs> why was this considered normal for children? I mean, life was a lot more harsh. 90 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> no, we weren't children 90 years ago. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, maybe that's what normalized it. Right. It's like, oh. we don't even have penicillin. <laughs> like you could die from getting scratched by a cat. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's happening. Let's read these horrible stories. I mean, cause if you think about the fact that like, um, that like fairy tales are all like horrific. Oh, yeah, they're horrific. And yeah. we've like just normalized that also. So just saying, maybe that's why. Yeah. T- Timmy, you could die by getting <laughs> scratched by cosmic creepers, our cat. So we're going to, we're going to make sure we scare you with hell so that, you know, mm-hmm. so when you die, <laughs> so when you die, <laughs> scraping your knee, you'll yeah. go to heaven. If I die before I wake. Yeah. I got prayed that one as my as a child, if I die before my wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. No, no, Lord, do not take my soul. <laughs> Don't kill me in my sleep. How about that? How about modern medicine? Yeah. Like the ambivalence they teach you as a kid uh-huh. about death. So like, like horrific violence. Well, I mean, you have to. You have yeah. to. That is literally the premise is that they are normalizing this horrifically violent event. And not only normalizing it, but saying it was a good thing. Yeah. And, and then all of us former children wound up with PTSD because apparently you're not supposed to be reading about people being tortured to death when you're three. No offense, Jesus. Yeah. I'm sorry. Could you have picked a different way to redeem the world (laughs) that was a little more psychologically friendly? Seems, seems like the answer is yes. Honestly, Jesus could have died in his sleep and been a perfect sacrifice. Just saying. 
I was almost one of those spitting water gifts right I, then. I was kind of waiting at just the right moment. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus, why didn't you die in your sleep? Oh, right. It's because your dad is a fucking asshole. I had to make a spectacle of it. Didn't send you to earth for nothing. Oh, God. Oh, oh. my God. Why? Anyway. I'm I'm like, what, eight, nine, eight years older than Jesus? You know, got more life experience than him. He, I mean, he definitely wouldn't have been able to afford a house. So that's true. There's that. There is that. So I got no segue. I was going to say, speaking of the housing crisis, let's talk about the SBC. <laughs> it's a spiritual <laughs> housing crisis. I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of churches. I, I hope that a lot of churches are bought up by straight up communists and converted into, you know, communes and homes for people. That would yeah, be great. Like huge gardens and stuff. Yeah. That'd be sweet. I, I, like, yeah. T- tear up that parking lot, turn it yep. into a garden. Yep. Like you could feed a ton of people on like just with just one church. Yeah. Lot. For sure. Or actually, I do have kind of like a dream of like collapsing a fundamentalist church and turning it into a home for like homeless LGBTQIA youth. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I feel I'm going to put that out in the universe. Mm, I like Don't it. Don't know if it'll I happen. Like it. But it is a dream of mine to to do that because it feels fifteen hundred patrons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we would need a lot more than fifty Justin, patrons. <laughs> Justin, Justin would Justin would legitimately do that though if we had like a shit ton of patrons. Yeah, because like, like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't need all that money. Someone they they need it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. If you so, can like provide house, <laughs> like I don't know, like there's all these empty, warm buildings just sitting yes. around all the goddamn time with like these manicured lawns that go on for miles yeah made of cinder blocks they're gonna last forever mm-hmm. so may as well may as well put them to good community use yeah absolutely doing the people's work and it's also housing people is also the lord's work as Evangelicals well just don't know that they just don't do it yeah so. they just don't do it they just choose not to yeah so i'll just i'll buy a, buy up a couple churches and turn them into to good things and do the lord's work as well they're all going to be foreclosed on so yeah because i feel like the sbc you know i mean i don't think they're going to bleed dry anytime soon but no not the sbc but lots of other smaller churches for sure. so their annual conference as of this recording their annual conference is going on right now i haven't been following it terribly closely but i'm just going to put this out there uh, uh maybe a, a quiz or a, i'll let you guess tori is the sbc radically changing its structure in response to the allegations, credible claims of sexual assault and them harboring abusers and maybe even becoming slightly more anti-racist and slightly less homophobic? Or are they doubling down on their conservatism as a result of these things? Which one do you I'm going to say, I'm going to say based on the fact that they're incredibly, they're really, really scared of trans kids i'm gonna say they're doubling down yeah they're doubling down for sure (laughs) (gasps) oh good shit yeah absolutely doubling down and yeah i mean they they to be fair they did they did pass a resolution to apologize and to do better i would like to pass a resolution to apologize to all the white people whose feelings i have hurt (laughs) over the years (laughs) not apologizing but i am passing a resolution to do so yes uh yeah i, I will second <laughs> to that motion to <laughs> resolve to apologize at some point oh baby yeah. yeah so it's 
it's a kind of a shit show. And it, I mean, I'm mostly seeing like the commentary on what mm-hmm. they're resolving. I'm not necessarily deep in You're the. You're not beat. watching it live. No, <laughs> you know, it's I'm live, not. Justin. I'm, I, I, I've actually, I've had to a couple of different things: religion stuff and tech stuff. I've had, I have to remind myself, Justin, you are not a paid reporter. You do not need to watch this live. You know, like, yeah, this SBC thing, or there's a bunch of stuff going on in United Methodist Church as well. And or like when Apple has like a keynote or something, I have to tell myself, like, Justin, you're not a tech reporter. You don't need to watch this. Like, there's not a reason for you to do so. So I'm catching the snippets. It is interesting, though, because, you know, there are people that are, you know, making these resolutions and, you know, praising them for, you know, saying penises only in the pulpit. And yet... They don't say that, but I'm just saying. No, I'm, but I, but I'm like, by that metric, like some trans women would absolutely qualify. Yeah, and I think that'd be fucking rad. Just saying, that's all uh, yeah. I'm saying. I mean, they do, they do, they are very into uh, genital checks for various <laughs> things. So perhaps as a part of, I hate it here. As a part of seminary, they should require genital checks. And there are some trans women that that would make it. I I think there are some trans women who are like lovely pastors. Yeah, and they should be allowed Why to do not? so. They should and be allowed to do that. They have they have a penis. They should be able to preach. Have penis yeah. will preach. Um, <laughs> this is, we're just advocating for like okay, but then the, we had this whole conversation today about how <laughs> like a penis is just a giant clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Because it it's the same structures, it <laughs> is just different sizes. It is, which means gender isn't real. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, if if you have sex regularly, you will begin to see the resemblances, the similarities yeah. between the sex organs. How things work. Yeah, they're <laughs> like it's you know <sighs> either a penis is a outside in clitoris or a clitoris is an inside out penis. It's yeah, one of the two. yeah, like, it's, it's one of the two. Yeah. Structurally similar. So it's what really are we talking a, about. I don't know. It's, we were talking about whether Everybody you're in any should be or allowed a, to preach for the SBC. That's yeah, what we're talking be, about. Whether you're in any or an Audi, you <laughs> should be able to preach. I'm just saying. Have you watched Severance yet? I have not. Okay. I, I'm not going to bring it up. I There's just to, any, innies and outies in that. I, yeah. Whatever you get around to it. You're probably the fourth person today that's told me I need to watch Severance. Well, I just figure you'll get around to it. I'm sure I, I will. Like I knew I was the fourth person. So I was like, okay, here you go. I will get around to it. And so, so that's going on, you know, and I think the the funny thing to me is that Rick Warren, who's a member of the SBC, he's probably the most famous SBC pastor who's Mm -hmm. not known as being an SBC pastor. Oh, I thought he was going to say not known as being a bigot. (laughs) Oh, well, I would say he's probably the least problematic. He's the least. Yeah, I would say for sure he's the least. I will say something positive about Rick Warren. I do think he's probably of the megachurch pastors that you can think of off the top of your head. Bill Hybels, Joel Steen, Rick Warren. I feel like he's the least problematic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems that way. Relatively non-offensive. I mean, not, not progressive or affirming in any way that's meaningful, but, you know, not openly problematic. But he has announced he's retiring and he announced his succession. And I think he's announced... You know, so there's a guy that's succeeding him, but also his wife, I think. And there's been some kerfuffles about like, how much is his wife going to be involved? Is she going to be preaching? Like, oh, that's Lady against preachers. That's against the SBC, even though the SBC has no power because they're not really an organization. You know, we've discussed this before for being basically not a denomination. Like they got a lot of money in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have like, a shit ton of money. Like in their denominational headquarters. 
thing, whatever it is. Um, Headquarters thing. Yeah, these amorphous structures, the more I think about it, if you're going to have a structure, it needs to be pretty well detailed. That's just what I'm going to say. If you're going to have a government, if you're going to have a structure, if you're going to have a cult even, you got to have a lot of shit written down. It needs to have more of a structure than like, meh, whatever the local group decides. So there's been some kerfuffles about that, which I find interesting, but like he's, he's basically appointing a dude from what I understand, a dude and the guy and the dude's wife, which I feel like is like, would be great for them. But they're like, Oh no, his wife can't be, she can't be a pastor. She, she can't. We did not sign the authorization form. Yeah. Well, Rick Warren for can do lady pastors. Rick Warren can do what he wants. So yeah, it kind of it, it definitely seems like Rick Warren can just kind of do what he wants. I, I'm sorry if you can't remove abusers from churches. Yeah, you don't get a say. You don't get to say Rick Warren can't hire a lady pastor. <laughs> sorry, you yeah. don't get to do that. Yeah, you have you have lost all of your moral credibility. Have fun, enjoy. So we'll see what the SBC decides to do. SBC being Southern Baptist Convention, by the way, there was someone, a listener that was confused by that earlier. They weren't quite sure what the SBC was. I shouldn't just assume that. Southern Baptist Convention is the largest denomination in the United States. It's the probably the least defined denomination because they're very congregationally led, meaning that local congregations do a lot of their own governance, which sounds great on paper, kind of like the well, United States. It sounds great on paper, <laughs> but... States rights did, is only used for really well for, yeah. for, for, for that, like that structure worked out really well for people who owned people. Yes. Cause they got to call the shots cause they had the money. Yeah. The Southern part of Southern Baptist is definitely a reference to slavery. The Confederacy, if you will. Yeah. Because during, you know, honestly, I, you know, as someone who studied church history, the kind of the history of how the North and the South divvied up religious sensibilities is interesting to me yeah for sure so yeah the southern baptist convention is the baptist convention of the confederacy and literally and strangely enough they have not dropped that name (laughs) like i don't know so yeah the church the denomination i was part of was the west the wesleyan church and they had Wesleyan Methodists and a few others. Um, they, uh, they actually formed as originally as an abolitionist denomination. And they would they would send missionaries to the South, which was fascinating to me, like Christian missionaries to the South, like free the slaves. Like it was actually mm-hmm. kind of a cool thing. Now you go the to their. The only time I've agreed with missions work. Yeah. Now, when you go to their annual conference, there's like two black people now. Right. But <laughs> they really, you know, Thanks. it's. It's, you know, it's a, it's a whole thing, but they started as an abolitionist church was actually kind of cool. I, and so they were incredibly progressive for a time and then they were like, nope, we're not going to do that no more. Goodbye. So yeah, so there was a lot of missions work back and forth, but for some reason, the Southern Baptist convention decided we're going to really stick with that Southern branding as a, it just feels right. (laughs) Just feels right. It feels like the Lord (laughs) is from the South. Oh God. Oh God. I mean, white Jesus is from the South. Like white Jesus. Yeah, that is true. Is a, is an invention of South, the South mm-hmm. in the U.S. Not, not the global South, the no. Southern United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, sitting on the porch, drinking sweet tea. Shitting on gay people. <laughs> Shitting on gay people. It fits right in. Just feels Southern just feels right. <laughs>
This is not this is not me shitting on the South, by the way. The I South, the fucking, South is I wonderful. I love the South. I the love South, it. You know, like if we could, if if all the racists could just leave the South, leave the South, they could throw themselves into the sea. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was gonna say like go somewhere else. Like no, we don't want you to go no, somewhere else. Uh uh-uh, uh, just throw yourself into the around sea. your neck. Yeah, <laughs> then the South could be you know a much better place. Close to perfect, actually wonderful cuisine because it's black people cuisine yeah yeah that's what that is Uh uh-huh it's just it's just delightful i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know i just don't know so uh anything else to say about the spc or uh rick warren yeah or being racist no i mean i i like i love that you pointed out that rick warren just kind of gets to do what he wants and I think that he could absolutely pull out that, like, well, you didn't deal with the sexual abuse, so you don't get to tell me what to do. I feel like he could play that card, and it would be great. I would love it. This is what I'm rooting for. Rick Warren, if you're listening. Yeah, Rick Warren, if you're listening. <laughs> you, the least problematic. You, the least faster. problematic. <laughs> Which is high praise coming from this podcast. Mm-hmm. Truly. I would not that say we're real. a Rick Warren stan podcast at all. Nah. But- but I'll say know. he's the least problematic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, we're going to take a quick break for some capitalism. And then we're going to celebrate some new patrons. And we're going to talk about lepers because... This is important. It is important. So, all right, thanks. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. I tell y'all, thanks for putting up with some capitalism. I'm sure you got lovely ads for. I don't know, blood diamonds or something. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we are talking about some more, some more Jesus-y shit, critiquing what Jesus did, deciding whether or not he should be canceled. So we thought we would talk about um, Jesus and the grateful leper. Yeah. Oh, which before, is just, before oh, we do oh, that. Oh, maybe, stop. Pause. Yeah. I, yeah. No, you're fine. I clicked over in my brain because we were like, no. Nope, and then. At the last minute, we added someone. Sorry. Yes, I apologize for that. We do want to be grateful podcast hosts and thank. We have a new patron this week, Scott. He is a, a or I should say, they. Um, I don't know for sure. Are a new patron, so thank you very much. You are a deacon in the this thing that we've done. <laughs> Let's call it a church. church. It is a church. This is a church. You decide a church is. That is true. This is a church <laughs> that we meet online. You listen to us every week. We uh, we have a Discord now. All, all patrons uh, are part of our Discord community by default. And I'm excited about this little place. Um, actually, just the calendar. We're recording this on the 15th. It launched today, and so hopefully it will continue to grow, and we'll do some fun stuff on there. Yeah, I'm excited to see where that goes. But thank you so much, Scott, and all of our patrons uh, for your generous support, and all of our listeners as well, because you know, you're the reason we continue to do this. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and we are excited to see where it goes. And so for today, where it's going to go is we're going to talk about lepers because 
Leper, lepers' Learn lives also matter. Yeah, lepers' lives matter. And and we realized we're really heavy on angel content on this podcast. So we have been, we're low on leper content. On the leper content, for yeah, sure. Very light. So we're going to try to fix that today. Okay. Yeah. So talking about Jesus doing his normal Jesus thing, which is like, it's, I, I don't know. We, I feel like we either land really far, like, yeah, Jesus, Jesus, like, I fuck with that, or like, no absolutely not. (laughs) And I don't, I don't really know where to go with this one, but anyway. Yeah. So there's a story in Luke 17. If you want to open your Bibles, please don't please, please refrain from opening your Bibles. I will do this for you. This is traumatic for some people. So, uh, but yeah, Luke 17 talks about Jesus healing some lepers. And so Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Like that's just what he does. He goes to Jerusalem and, um, he was going into a village and as he was walking into this village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood out a distance. They stood at a distance, a respectful distance a respect- and called out in a loud voice, Jesus have pity on us. Like I'm skipping that other word. And so Jesus, when he, when he sees them, he's like, uh, go show yourselves to the priests. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fuck off and go to the priests. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? This is their job. So they did. They went on their, they went on their unmerry way originally. And on their way, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned around and he came back to Jesus and he thanked him. And the Bible throws in, he was a Samaritan because you got to have the racism. Yeah. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus, because he's just, he's never satisfied. He says, we're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then Jesus says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Yeah. It's funny because (laughs) he was like, not too far from Samaria. So foreigner. That would kind of be like me being in like Tijuana and being like, who is this foreigner? Because like, God's a Mexican. Not, like, not, not really, not really, not really foreign, right? Yeah. Like we know who everybody is here. It's fine. Yeah, I just yeah. sometimes I wonder if Jesus like is like being performative in the sense yeah. like why has no one come back except this foreigner, like really loud to the crowd. Because that's where you are, Jesus. That's I don't know. That's they were busy. Maybe they had more important people to see. You were, after all, a dick to them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going back there. I'm going to go see my mom. Till, yeah, they're probably thanking the priest who they assume cleansed them. Right. Oh, man. Like, they, this, is so, this is weird. This is like one of those, like, Jesus either was playing like he didn't know what happened or he legitimately didn't know what happened. Like, those are kind of the only options here. I don't know. There's many times when Jesus feels very not omniscient yeah and i don't know in my our theology jesus knew all of the things obviously because he was god so but in the bible that doesn't really seem to line up very well Jesus seems to not know a lot of things yeah it's because he was a guy because <laughs> he was a dude <laughs> yeah, like that's that just that that's like sometimes the most simple answer is the correct one he was just a man Cause like he behaves a lot, like just some guy would sometimes he's wonderful. Sometimes he's problematic. Like that's, that's just being a human. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this is like, just one of those times where Jesus is like shitting on people who aren't Jewish, which as was his way. A lot of times, you know, from like, from that perspective, it's like, maybe, I mean, if Jesus knew everything, then maybe like, maybe that was fair game shitting on people who weren't Jewish. It's like, y'all are going to shit on the rest of us. So like, this is fine. We're not actually hurting anybody. I'm just saying mean things to you. Yeah. Jesus does sometimes do that, like model minority thing. Like, (laughs) oh, I'm shocked that you, a foreigner, are so wonderful. (laughs) Like, you may as well call him articulate. Like, oh, you're so articulate (laughs) for a foreigner. Oh, God. It's like, wow, you speak, you speak Aramaic so well. (laughs) Yeah. Your hair is lovely. Can I touch it? You know, like, just like the... Like the not compliment compliments or the yeah back the backhanded racism and for sure. So it's like mm, yeah okay or like when he calls that poor woman who just like wanted her kid to get better like oh oh like well the dogs the dogs you know she's like don't did even the dogs get crumbs from the table you're like you're right you're articulate <laughs> you dogs do get crumbs from the table have a little healing. It's so fucked up. And once again, we were not taught like how incredibly fucked up this was. And I think that because it wasn't really ever made to be a distinction, I think that like there is maybe not consciously, but maybe unconsciously some approval, like some, some like Jesus approves of my bigotry. Yeah. Tied into this. Well, because, because Jesus was, you know, Jesus is presented as hundred percent God, hundred percent perfect. And everything he did was right. So if he does something that doesn't seem right, we it have to make it right. We have to make it right. And that leads you to some strange places. Whereas, like, I, I mean, I can look at Jesus as like, you know, like an enlightened person that was a pro- also a product of their time. You know, like, I mean, he was very much saying like, this is, you know, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. You know, this is this is my thing, which might not even be as racist as it sounds like. You know, I, I mean, this podcast, I would say, is first for the English speaking world, then for, for everyone else. else. <laughs> like, and if I said that, and, you know, if they're listening to this in 2000 years, I hope not. But if they are, you know, they could see that phrase like, oh, first for the English speaking world, they, they must have been racist. Um, <laughs> like, well, you know, it just kind of comes with the territory that I'm speaking English. It shakes out that way. Kind of just, yeah. this is how it shakes out. So it turns out that reading people in a language that's been translated a few times from 2000 years ago is difficult. And if you think that Jesus was racist and bigoted, you're probably going to see that. If you think Jesus can't be because you think you can't be racist and bigoted, you're probably going to find that too. And so, you know, maybe just kind of read the Bible for what it is, not what you want it to be. Wow. Just going to throw that out there. That's a little rough. I don't know how to read the Bible for what it is, though. I mean, honestly, like I, I, I don't like it because it's I mean, it's like it's like the entirety of, of, of the colonial project in that it's like we're we're here to study different cultures <laughs> and we just want to learn. We're just outside observers just want to learn what's here. And it's like, but you've already brought a lens. You've already brought the lens that you have and you cannot get rid of that. There is no way to to view like your British ass in India, there is no way for you to view Indian people as through a lens that is not British. 
Like that, that doesn't exist for you. It's not a thing that you can accomplish. And so I think that, I think that, I mean, it's just, I feel the same way about the Bible and like my reading of it is I'm like, I can't, I can't bring, I can't not bring my Americanness, my like Westernness rather to the text because I, I don't have other things to like use in terms of like tools to do any kind of analysis. Like the questions that I, even the questions that I ask, the comments that I make, the questions that we ask on here, like they're all, they're all rooted in like this white Western supremacy. And like, we're critiquing it. Yes. But that's still like, that still is what is driving our questions. Right. And like, this is a perfect example of, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And maybe because of that, you're not asking the right questions. Yeah. There's no way to know. I think it may be a better way to say it would read, read the Bible understanding that it, it's not going to conform to whatever lens you put on it. Like it's, it's not because the lens that the Bible was written in is gone. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the decoder ring that would make it all make sense does not exist anymore. You know, Paul is dead. And so is everyone else that wrote the Bible and that culture is gone. That's just the nature of, of time, time and space. So we're going to bring a lens to it that's not accurate. We'll never get 100% read on it. We, we might might get 50%. Yeah, that, like, seems, that seems like a reach. Yeah, so, and understanding that, I'm okay with that. I can read this story and I can laugh at it because it's like, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I generously healed you from a distance, maybe. <laughs> now I'm going to get all pissy that only one of you came back to thank me. Like, I mean, that just, maybe my little ADHD heart cringes at that because like writing thank you notes and all those other thoughtful society things is is torturous to me. Yes. So like having to do that, like after like graduation party or something was just like, this is awful. So like, like fuck off Jesus. Like maybe, maybe they were neurodivergent. You ever thought of that? Maybe they just weren't good (laughs) at thank yous. Like, doesn't mean they aren't grateful. Like, yeah, you're yeah, the cosmic maker true. of the universe. You should have known that. Once again, did Jesus know everything? No. No, it seems like he didn't. So pretty sure he called mental health problems demons. So, and that's fair for his time. That <laughs> was cutting edge his, science. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I do think it's interesting, though, that like some of that has now been translated epilepsy. Like some of those like demonic attacks in the Bible have now been translated as like, epilepsy she's like oh because that's what it sounds like that's what it sounds like is being described here you just wouldn't have had that word at the time and you know if you've ever seen someone have an epileptic seizure it looks like a demon has seized them yeah like it it's it's not a pretty thing so i think i mean that's that is again pretty cutting edge science for the first century you were doing observation yeah observation this person doesn't want to do this this is a pattern and they're suddenly doing it that must mean someone else is doing it like that oh that i mean that makes sense i know it does it's like no actually honey it's just it's just that your brain sucks yeah it's very mean to you brains are usually mean to people generally some brains are just extra mean wow that's such a good point. I feel a little bit better about my life now. Everyone, your brain's mean to you. Cut yourself a break. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but I mean, it all it also very much sucked to get leprosy in this time. 
Yeah. Because there was no cure for it. And and there was like no like some people that didn't have like, leprosy being the disease. I don't know what we technically would call it even now. You know, it's it's a disease of the skin and then of the nervous system that, you know, you start to lose feeling and eventually, you know, stuff starts to fall off, you know, because you and a lot of that's just from infection because you don't know that you cut your hand and because you don't have those receptors and things. But it was also kind of a catch all for any kind of skin condition. So if you had a lot of people have like eczema and stuff like that, like if you had really bad eczema, it wouldn't, you know, you could also just like, Oh, you're a leper. You have to go to a leper colony now. So it was, you know, it's just one of those things, like a lot of the old Testament law and just honestly, ancient culture in general was that if you had a weird disease or you looked different, you were, you were either killed as an infant or if you developed later in life, we're like, well, we'll keep you alive, but you need to live somewhere else. Somewhere else. Like the oddballs are not allowed. Outside the camp. Yeah. Outside the camp. Yes. Yeah. Which sucks. It does. It does. I think that there's, yeah, like the social stigma part of it. I'm just like, even if it was something that like someone couldn't see from a distance or talking to you face to face it was like well you're contagious right it's like you can't you can't catch psoriasis for example but it's like oh well we're just we're just judging you because like this is a thing that we've decided that that you are and you get to like stay way over there and yeah don't love it don't like shaming people it's pretty shitty kind of like shaming people for stis it's a crummy thing to do maybe don't so like, it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not funny. Right. It's just, I know it's very much the butt of jokes these days and probably forever, but yeah, it's just a very like weird, selfish, thoughtless thing to do, to be super shamey because like guaranteed, you know, someone who has an STI and, uh, you're not a safe person to tell cause they haven't told you. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe think about that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember when I originally came across this, but somebody had pointed, it was probably one of, like, one of the sex workers I follow on Instagram, like years and years ago was like, Hey, you're, if you're on my page, like you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to make, make STI jokes. You're not, you're not allowed to like shame people for having STIs. She was like, that isn't cool. She was also like, there's no, no, like small dick jokes. Like we don't do that here either. She was just very kind of like, we need to respect people's bodies and their humanity, <laughs> their nervous systems. And this is not like that doesn't line up with, with my values. And so if that's the kind of person you are, you can leave. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. And this is like back when I was following this person, probably for like reasons of trying to save them. Right. Like, like, a, like going, like supporting these organizations that like go to strip clubs <laughs> And like wait around until like 2 30 or whatever when when like dancers come out and they're like, hey, would you like a gift basket? A gift basket of you know, like, like useful hey, things okay. and also a chick track. Right, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Or they would just like give them flowers. Stop being so cringe, you guys. Yeah. We're gonna show them love by giving them like tokens of affection. Like right. It's like that's not sorry, I Fred. Prom- a stripper's you- not gonna date you. No. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I promise you someone has already like brought them a flower tonight. Like, fuck mm-hmm. off. She would rather you give her a hundred dollar bill. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like got to keep the lights on. Right, you want to, you want to keep her from stripping. Let's support, just support her. Oh, we can't do that. Financially. That's communism. Justin, Justin. Oh, sorry. So we'll give we're her gonna, a flower. We're going to have to edit that out because that's communism. We we're can't support give... people. Yeah. Oh man. Flower. Give her a flower. That'll, that'll stop her from stripping. Yeah. But I think that that's like something that was super interesting to me is I like, I learned a ton about safer sex and not shaming people's bodies from this sex worker who was, from what I can tell, a rather lovely person. And I, you know, since then I've kind of made a point of like following sex workers. Like she doesn't post any of her quote unquote work, whatever you want to call that. Like she doesn't post pictures of like herself working, which is fine. Obviously lots of sex workers do. So there's like a whole spectrum here. Right. But like she, this particular person really uses their platform to like educate folks. And I, that was something that I learned was like, don't be all weird and shamey about people. Like there's treatment for all this shit anyway. Now, like there's, there's like, there's treatment for everything. Yeah. You know, gonorrhea sucks, but it's not like a death sentence or a like, yeah. Yeah. Like mutant problem. It's just (laughs) like, it's just, you know, you have to get treatment now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And And if you know you have it, stop having sex with people like, well, just disclose, just disclose and let people make sure people know. Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can decide that, but it's, yeah, it's like, there's so many things that just have, that have treatment. And I think, I think part of the reason that people don't feel comfortable disclosing is because they're like STIs are so made fun of. Well, and it also, I don't know if you had this. I mean, again, I went to evangelical school, so I don't know what's normal, but in health class, legit, you know, we had the STI slideshow where, which I think is supposed to like scare us into not having sex, which, you know, did for some of us, you know, cause they're showing us these like bloated penises and like, this person hasn't had access to healthcare in 18 years, but yeah, this it's is like, this is what syphilis looks like. Yeah. Like, like yeah. So no. this is what like George Washington's penis would have looked like, you know? <laughs> right. Like, yeah um so yeah or like you know i remember there was like they showed like some kind of the inside of somebody's uterus or something and like i remember one of our like some nerdy dude was like it looks like a cave you know like like well I'm, yes it does yes um <laughs> but you know so i i think maybe it, i don't know if other health classrooms do this in public schools but like that was very normal in public that, school from but that kind of shamey like yeah like, look at what STIs will do to you kind of thing. And and it is like, I mean, and so I think, you know, culturally humans have done this for a long time where it's just yeah. like, yeah, this disease sure. looks ugly and weird and it's like untreated forms. Therefore you should shame and, you know, ostracize people for having them. Be disgusted by yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. Having. Be disgusted. Mm-hmm. And this well, kind of takes us. It. And well, this takes us in a different direction because I, I remember there were articles coming out at one point about the LGBTQIA community. And uh, there was a pastor, I think it was on maybe Gospel Coalition or something that was talking about like, basically calling Christians to like return to disgust because what people did was disgusting. And it was just like, come on, man. Like, like that, this is not, honestly, when you come, when you really come down with a lot of Christians, it does come down to disgust. If you say like, okay, do you think they should be, you know, rounded up and killed? Well, no, like most, I would say most Christians, they're yeah, definitely yeah, some Christians that are saying that now, but, but I'm just saying run of the mill yeah. dude that goes, you know, or, or wife that goes to a standard evangelical church. Like, do you think they should be hunted down and killed? No, 
Okay. Should they, and you kind of like go down to these questions and a lot of times it just ends up with either, you know, the Bible says so, or even like, okay, let's say the Bible didn't say so. What's your problem with it? And a lot of it is just like, I don't understand it or it grosses me out or something. It's like, okay, so we're re- that's really what we're working with now. We're working with disgust. And honestly, we can work with that, like just familiarity. Like, yeah, yeah, like, totally. Like normalizing. Like, just normalizing. Like I don't, because yeah. I do think that uh, that was me at a certain point. And after a while, I was like, okay, this doesn't bother me anymore. Like what, what people decide to do and what pleasures them, like if it is safe and consensual, go for it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I can, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I mean, with, within that framework of like, we need to find these people shameful, right? We need to be grossed out by them. And also we're trying to save them. Like, yeah, hey, you're disgusting. Come to my church is not, that's not particularly compelling, but that's what they're doing, right? That's what they're doing right now to trans kids. It's like, you're gross. We need to fix you. So like, Jesus loves you. Come here. We will make you this. <laughs> yeah, that, that that definitely shows up in when it comes to like, yeah, the trans, not the trans issue. I almost said the trans issue. That's oh, not dear. true. No, um, not that. The trans trying, people with the response to trans people yeah, existing. The yeah, them just being people in the world. In the world, it's like ooh, gross. You know, which I actually turned a corner the other day. I'm gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn. Like okay. I turned a corner the other day. In the sense of like, there was uh, someone on Twitter or something that I, I had no idea what they were trans. And I just found out they were trans. And it was like, in my brain, it was like, didn't they were not recategorized really in any meaningful way for me. It was just like, oh, that's just an interesting factoid about them. And I move on. And that was, that was, a, that was a kind of a, a breakthrough moment for me. <laughs> but I mean, like, honestly, that's like the bottom floor bar. It just like recognize but them as... You're- but culturally, you're not coded to do that. No, not at all. Like, right? Like culturally, you're you're told there are two buckets. Yeah, you only get two. You're not allowed. You are not allowed to switch buckets. No, no, no <laughs> bucket switching. You know, but well, and then I think people go through a phase. I, I went through this phase. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just speak about myself. You kind of go through that phase where it's like, okay, I, I assent to it intellectually that this is fine, but it still kind of grosses me out, which is progress for a lot of people. True. Um, true. I won't actively harm you, but it still grosses me out. And then I think it is more acceptance as you get to know people, as you learn more, as you as you allow yourself to question your own sexuality a little bit and interrogate that a little bit with with a freedom and levity. Because I think, try as I might, I'm still straight. I'm so sorry. My condolences. (laughs) Like, it's not for (laughs) lack of trying. But nice. okay, but it, but it, but also like being able to interrogate your own sexuality without without shame, honestly, when it really what comes down to it, like with, or without fear. Like I think there's so much fear in evangelical spaces of like, what if I might be gay? Oh my gosh, what well, might I be gay? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm having lunch with a friend of mine and he's a man. Like, what if people think we're gay? You know, like yeah, yeah. there is all that fear. And so like once that fear is gone and you're able to just be like, huh, I find that man attractive. Like that doesn't mean I want to fuck him. Like that just I just. I find him visually. You can just appealing. like acknowledge this person is an attractive person and like go about your day. And yeah, because you're and not going to say anything anyway because that's sexual harassment. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but like when once you're able to do that, then then a lot of that stuff just falls away, and you don't necessarily realize it until yeah, randomly you're just talking to someone, you realize they're trans, you're like, oh, what whatever. I don't, I don't. It does not bother me. 
And so, but getting people to do that exposure and also honestly finding people that are willing to be vulnerable with you while you're still in that process, you know, I would not expect that of anyone, but people that are able to do that are a huge help for sure. So I, I don't know how, I don't really know how we got on this. We're talking about, we were, leopards, talking, about shame, but, we were talking about shame. But, yeah. People. Just generally shame. Like the yeah. people that are culturally, socially shamed rather. And like, yeah. And, and I think in our culture, it's like absolutely like queer people on the whole and people like people who have like some positive STI status. I would say, yeah, generally people that are sexually quote unquote, giant air quotes, odd to compare to mainstream culture. But again, they switch to... buckets. They switch from the heterosexual bucket. <laughs> oh, you're not to switch buckets. Not, you're not allowed to switch buckets. This is what I'm calling genders from now on is buckets. <laughs> it's just your bucket. I'm stuck with this bucket. You're never stuck with a bucket. You can always be true to yourself. If your bucket changes, you can move. Yeah, it's you can fine. just move. It's fine. So <laughs> there's That's probably amazing. some there's probably some wonderful gay person listening to this. Like, I bet I can get Justin to change his bucket. No, oh, like, you know I don't what? Know. But it's worth a shot. You're welcome to try. You can surely try. Dustin, Consent- you've like you've, you've given consent to like every gay person ever. <laughs> to try to convert you probably <laughs> to switch your bucket probably should walk that back a little <laughs> just a little bit <laughs> you like slide into my dms not like no. try to switch my sexual attraction <laughs> you it's, can say hi it's like the opposite of what those pastors do that are like women show too many boobies and so they get all these booby pics <laughs> yeah, like exactly I'm like, I can't help being straight and all these gay dudes like send me dick pics. Like, no, actually, this isn't doing anything for me. It's not helping. This is like the opposite of what's happening. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I mean, yeah. Don't don't be don't be weird and shamey. And I know that like that's really hard because obviously purity culture, like we're we're taught to hate ourselves. You know, we're taught to view our bodies as disgusting. And that, you know. You have to, you have to learn to love yourself before you can love other people. And I'm really pissed off that my therapist told me that. And my partner told me that like two days apart. And I was like, I feel like you're ganging up on me right now, Mm -hmm. but apparently it's true. So, well, and you know, shockingly, that's what Jesus said too. Like, love your neighbor as yourself. The implied assumption is that you cannot love your neighbor any more than you love yourself. Like, that's but you you apply that to some some right wing folks in this country says a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, like how right wing folks love minorities, love gay folks, mm-hmm. love anyone different than them is I'm just going to just going to say it that is probably about as much as they love themselves. Yep. Like easily. And what a shitty place that is. And and yeah, as I learn to love myself more and more, Loving other people is generally easy, or at least accepting them as accepting difference is much easier because it's not a threat. It's not an existential threat to me. That because you've decided else that you different. don't have to put someone in a bucket. Life is so much easier now. Like this person existing that's different than me. Wonderful. Good. I'm glad cool. you're happy. That's I'm great. glad you are happy. Let's be friends. Yeah. Let's be friends and be happy together. Hey, there we go. Absolutely. So, yeah. Gotta gotta work to unlearn all of this, all of this shamey purity culture and broader culture nonsense around. Yeah. yeah. Bodies so. and sex and STIs. 
And then I think that we'll all be happier and we'll love ourselves more. Like win-win. Yeah. No more lepers. We don't need that. No more. You can just invite your lepers over for dinner. It's fine. They're not going to hurt you. <laughs> They're nice people. Invite your lepers to dinner. I love having more people over for dinner. Honestly, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it increases your pool of people to be with. It does, which is lovely. So, yeah. And, and yeah. So just generally be better than Jesus in this Once particular again, story. This is how we conclude the episode. <laughs> be a better guy than Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I can cast Jesus in this. This, not, isn't, this doesn't really lend itself to a casting. Not, per not particularly, which is okay. I'm fine with that. We don't, we don't always have to do that. I'm good with that. So anything to, uh, anything to plug? Anything good going on? You want the mm, people to know about? Yeah. I mean, like on my other podcast, we're paying rent for some folks. So if you want to go over to whitehomework.com and throw in a couple bucks, we're paying the rent for a year for a black family and for an indigenous family. So that's great. Now is easier support or just tweets. You know, if you don't have cash. Tweets are also good. Tweets, tweets spend like money. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Sometimes that's true. <laughs> You can find Tori at Tori Glass on things as well. On things. So uh, on my other podcast, uh, <laughs> plugging other podcasts, I, I do a podcast recovery uh, where we talk specifically about ministry and coming out of ministry. Uh, some some that may fit some of you, some not. We we generally just have good stories. There are, are I'm shocked at the size of our audience of people that aren't ministry adjacent at all. That are just like y'all are messed up, and we like. <laughs> <laughs> wow okay we come for the tea um <laughs> which is great that's amazing so if that interests you you can check that out i do that with uh sarah heath and it's it's been great we just finished our first season we have some great interviews coming up with some folks and uh yeah we're excited to see what's going on there i am justin d gentry on uh fa- on not facebook facebook no well, on twitter that's where I'm Justin D. Gentry and uh, Justin Dodd Gentry on Instagram. So, and if you're like, I can't find YouTube, that's too much work. Go to at go home Bible on any of the things and you can link to us from there. Cause that's, cause we're, we're linked up that way. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would like to join our discord community, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash go home Bible. That'll get you all the details there. I'm very excited about the discord community and how and that you can is- come hang with us. Yes, you can come hang out and do all those things and uh, talk about your experiences in the church in a more like little personal way, which is fun. All right, we did it. Have a great week. Cool. See yep. you around. Bye. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.